Welcome everyone from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 515, Phoenix Fan Fusion and the Future of Star Wars. I am your host for this episode, Jason Hunt, and I'm by myself today uh, because it's that season again. It's Phoenix Fan Fusion, uh, the newly named Phoenix Comic Con, Phoenix Fan Fusion, and I've got panel audio for you. Yet again, uh, I was very fortunate to be joined this year at Phoenix Fan Fusion by a good friend of the show, Kyle Avery, Kyle Baca, and Tim Jurassi, both of Star Wars The Saga Continues. And uh, we did three panels this year. Uh, you will hear the first of those panels at the end of this episode. But uh, we had an absolute blast. It was probably one of my favorite Phoenix fan fusions uh, in, I don't know, it's been a long time. It might be the best Phoenix fan fusion I've ever had. Uh, it was a great lineup for Star Wars fans. We had uh, Paul Bettany who showed up, uh, Katie Sackoff, and of course the Clone Wars trio of Ashley Eckstein, James Arnold Taylor, and Matt Lanter were all supposed to be there. Matt Lanter, unfortunately, uh, was unable to attend at the last minute, uh, but we still got to see Ashley and James. Uh, I was able to get both an autograph with both of them, and the three of us, Kyle, Tim, and I, got a nice, fun photo op with the two of them. It was really great. Ashley is a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, she takes time with everybody at her table. When I actually got my autograph with her, uh, E.K. Johnston, was at the table as well, signing copies of the book if you wanted to get those. Uh, the Ahsoka novel is in its 10th printing, I found out. 10th. And she's next with the new uh, Ahsoka show coming out, which you'll hear about in the panel, uh, that she'll get an 11th and probably 12th printing of that book. It's doing very well still, so that's that's really cool to hear. Uh, and then, of course, James Arnold Taylor is one of the nicest human beings on the planet, and getting to, to meet him at his table again uh, was truly a delight. We were able to also get to both the Clone Wars and uh, the, the Clone Wars panel, meaning uh, Ashley and James, and then also Katie Sackhoff's panel. Uh, so there were some great questions asked, some really fun stories. It's always really cool to hear... Uh, from these celebrities when they tell stories about their time filming, you know, these projects such as The Mandalorian or recording Clone Wars, because they really do love it as much as we do in many cases. So Katie was definitely having a blast talking about uh, all the, the trials and tribulations of wearing the Mando suit. So <laughs> it's, it's a difficult thing. Uh, but, you know, 
we had a wonderful time just getting to hang out, but also getting to see all the different costumes and uh, and just the, the fans having a, a blast, the celebrities. Our panels went really, really well. We had three panels. Uh, the first was The Future of Star Wars, which we talked about, of course, all the upcoming projects uh, that Star Wars has coming in the next few years. Then we did a Mandalorian Season 3 recap. That was a panel that, uh, when we were submitting panel ideas, the organizers asked us to take over because the people who uh, originally were going to do the panel were unable to con- uh, were unable to do so. Um, and then we also did uh, Jedi Survivor in the future of Star Wars video games. That was one that Kyle was really, really looking forward to presenting because he's been... Uh, wanting to do a Star Wars video game panel for a while, but uh, Joey and I, who who normally does these panels with us, are very casual gamers. Tim, on the other hand, is a serious gamer. So uh, since the two of them were really big into gaming, I was the casual representative on the gaming council, and uh, we had a fun time talking about games that most of which I haven't played. Um, <laughs> but it was still a really great panel nonetheless. We They were well attended, all of them. Uh, I think the most surprising was this one that you're going to hear, The Future of Star Wars, uh, because it was the first panel, you know, the first panel time on Friday, which is the first day of the convention. So you're never sure how busy it's going to be and how many people are going to be able to get in that early well we packed out the room so that was really really cool um over on the saga continues they're also having their own episode where they're going to have this panel at the end of it but uh tim kyle and i were able to sit down and do a little bit of a recording session where we kind of you know recapped some of the the fun that we had at phoenix fan fusion it was a really really well-run convention um last year was their first year back from covid uh, and they were a little tentative because they weren't sure how busy it was going to be how many people were going to attend uh this year after seeing the results from last year they went all out and it really showed and it was incredibly well put together very well run uh, i don't have a single complaint about the entire convention so i'm very much looking forward to attending next year hopefully they can get the same quality of star wars guests next year as they had this year uh maybe even better we'll see uh but if you want to hear more detailed conversation about the the wonderful time that we had go check out star wars the saga continues their latest episode is going to have uh about a half hour to uh to 40 minute conversation with Kyle, Tim, and I, uh, where we kind of get to run down all the big highlights from the convention for the three of us. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to turn over, uh, turn you all over to the panel audio. I hope you enjoy it. If you uh, want to get in contact with us, you can always do that on Instagram at the Wampas Lair. 
Twitter is at WampasLair, or you can email us at WampasLairPodcast at gmail.com. Look out for some bonus episodes uh, this week. I think we got some extra stuff coming down the pipe for you. Uh, and then we're going to get back on track with some of our previously scheduled stuff that we talked that we told you was coming. Uh, but until then, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wampas Lair Podcast. Carl and I will see you next time in the lair. Uh, enjoy the panel. Bye. Hello there. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the first panel of the morning at Woo! Phoenix Fan Fusion 2023. Um, I hope you're here for the future of Star Wars because that's what you're stuck in this room for now. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started shortly. I will let you know we do have time set at the aside at the end for questions. So if you have questions or comments or things like that, uh, please save those for the end. We'll be more than happy to discuss things with you. Um, but before we get started, first of all, I'll introduce myself. My name is Jason Hunt. I am one of the co-hosts of the Wampas Lair podcast. Um, I've been doing panels here for several years now. I don't remember how many. Um, but uh, I am surrounded by... Most of the Saga Continues podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Tim, one of the co-hosts on Star Wars The Saga Continues, and this is actually my first Phoenix Fan Fusion attendee, so I'm very excited to be here to be on the panel. Looking forward to a great time. Yeah, and my name's Kyle Avery. I'm also one of the hosts of The Saga Continues with Tim. Um, brought him out for California for this one. If uh, I don't know, there might be a few of you who've seen our panels before. Jason and I usually have our friend Joey here with us, and uh, he's actually out of town at a different con this weekend, but we're glad Tim was able to come instead. Yeah, um, he got paid to go to a con <laughs> in, in Iowa, poor guy. Um, but yeah, so we're excited to uh, be kicking off the morning with you guys, talking Star Wars first thing, so... Um, let's jump right in here. We got a lot to talk about with the future of Star Wars, with all the upcoming movies and shows. Um, there's been a lot of stuff announced recently, especially with Star Wars Celebration London. So this is kind of going to be a recap of all the big announcements there. We got a couple trailers and some pictures and stuff in here. Um, so first and foremost, this is uh, the new uh, canon timeline that they talked about there, um, kind of highlighting all these different eras where all the upcoming uh, Star Wars movies and shows are going to take place. Obviously, some of these you're probably already familiar with, The Rise of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, the uh, you know the First Order, the High Republic, all that kind of stuff. Kind of the big new additions here are the New Jedi Order, um, which is going to be kind of the next era taking place after the sequel trilogy, as well as the Dawn of the Jedi, which is going way back and telling stories thousands of years before the movies. And then also the Old Republic, um, which obviously a lot of us are familiar with from the games and stuff, but to see that included in the canon timeline kind of hints that maybe we'll eventually start getting some stuff in that time period as well. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's going to be exciting. Um, Starting with movies. Yes. yes. Star Wars is returning to the big screen in a couple years near you. Yeah. We don't know dates yet, but um, this was kind of the big thing from Celebration that like they announced three new Star Wars movies, which I don't know about you guys. I was not expecting that. We were expecting kind of some exciting big stuff, but three movies was like, I was expecting one, maybe two. I was not expecting it. Uh, it is not a trilogy. Uh, we'll get into that, but uh, yeah, I was not expecting it. I was very excited about what we got. So yeah, yeah, that's the big thing. The movies that were announced, just how exciting that made me as far as the potential of what these future movies can be. Just stuff I've been hoping to see as a fan for such a long time. Looks like we're going to be getting 
in the near future. So not only was I just excited for to get three new movies announced because it's, it feels like it's been too long since we got a new Star Wars movie released in theaters that we could all enjoy, but the fact of what these movies are going to be just has me super excited. Yeah, as much as all the, the recent you know TV shows on Disney Plus and stuff have been awesome, there's nothing like Star Wars on the big screen. So we're getting three new movies coming up from three different directors set in three different time periods. The first of which is going to be a film focused on the New Jedi Order. Um, and it's going to be directed by Charmaine Obey-Chinoy with Daisy Ridley returning as Rey. Uh, set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker and uh, they described it as being focused on Rey's attempts to rebuild the Jedi Order and the dark powers that rise to try to tear it down. Um, so there's a picture of Rey and the director up there and her from Rise of Skywalker, um, or sorry, Daisy Ridley, not Rey, one and the same, but um, yeah, so this one's cool. I wasn't necessarily expecting them to announce this uh, this early or to, to kind of jump back into that time period so soon, especially with it setting pla or taking place 15 years later. Um, but it's going to be cool to jump back in and kind of see, catch up with these characters. I'm assuming maybe we'll see uh, Poe or Finn or uh, some other characters in the sequel trilogy, probably not just Rey, but um, to see her, you know, with 15, year, 15 more years of experience as a Jedi and trying to rebuild the Order is going to be uh, just cool to see what they do with that. I was honestly a little surprised that Daisy agreed to come back. Um, so I was very excited to hear that because uh, she's one of the best things about the sequel trilogy is uh, just her as Rey. But um, I'm very curious because, you know, this was... I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how Luke sort of rebuilt his order, but now that it kind of fell apart and she's got to start all over again, I'm curious to see, all right, now what does that mean for the Jedi? Are they going to be, you know, as formalized as during the prequels, or are they going to be something a bit more nomadic? What is, what is this? So um, I'm just curious because uh, it's totally new, and they don't have to, you know, go based on anything else that's been out there, so... Yeah, and I'm just really excited to see, obviously, Daisy really coming back as Rey, and just seeing that the state of the Jedi is the big thing, because, as you mentioned, Jason, we haven't really seen, we thought Luke was going to rebuild the Jedi Order, you know, that didn't work out, so now this is the time to really see the Jedi be brought back, and uh, it's, it's here to stay, at least for a good portion of time now, to where they're not repeating the same thing as Rey tries to build the Jedi Order up, but then it falls apart as well. Like, this one, I'm just really hoping this is it where the Jedi is like going to be a new renaissance era, so to speak, for the Jedi with Rey in charge of it. I just can't wait to see her 15 years later as an experienced Jedi master. Just um, see her in that new role, maybe as a new mentor figure to future Jedi. It's just a lot of exciting stuff. And just what you mentioned, too, just a clean slate as far as not knowing what to expect in this new era 15 years after the sequel trilogy. So right. a lot to be excited about. Yeah, and I'm uh, obviously the Jedi are... One of my favorite things about Star Wars is the costume probably implies, so I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I mean, it will be cool to see, like you said, just kind of a, a clean slate, like what will this new Jedi Order look like? You don't necessarily have to stick to the old ways of a temple and a council and sort of the things we, we think of when we think Jedi Order. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of new structures in place, if, there's, if she kind of tries to break away from the old way of doing things. But um, yeah, there's a lot of room to kind of expand and do some new stuff there. And um, as, if, as if new Jedi weren't enough, we get old Jedi. We get old Jedi. Uh, the next film was uh, a Dawn of the Jedi film directed by James Mangold, who um, is a well-known director who's done like Logan and uh, I think he did what, 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Um, and of course is doing the uh, new Indiana Jones movie that's coming out this year. Um, so this presumably will be the next project that he's working on. 
Um, it's set 25,000 years before the current Star Wars films, and he talked about wanting to explore the discovery of the Force, the origin of the Jedi, going way back to the beginning of how all this mythology started. And he described it as a biblical epic, uh, akin to something like the Ten Commandments, and uh, obviously set in the Star Wars universe. So I think that sounds really cool. Like, we don't, this is probably the one that out of all these movies we know the least about, like, what characters might be in it or what might actually happen in the story. But just with the ideas and the premise that they've talked about, I mean, this sounds like something that could be really cool, having this big sort of historical fantasy epic you know, showing all these people discovering the Force for the first time and coming together and maybe forming the Jedi Order, some of them breaking off and forming the Sith. Like, we don't know how much of that history we'll get, but um, just the potential for seeing those kind of, like, ancient history things that inform the Jedi and the Sith and the Force users as we know them now, that's always something that I think is really cool. So I'm really excited for just the, the possibilities of this one. And if they don't open it with a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, then they really missed the boat. Yeah, what's the point if it's not going to happen? Right? <laughs> yeah, this one I want to say is probably my most excited I am out of the three movies that were announced, but I keep going back and forth on it. But this one is the one, as a fan, I've just been wanting to see the story told for so long, just to get that in-canon story of the first Jedi, how the Force was discovered. I know there was that comic series that came out about 10 years ago, uh, Dawn of the Jedi, I believe, same title. But wasn't a huge fan of that comic series, but now the potential to have a new story told about that is just, I think the potential is just rich with possibilities for this type of Star Wars story. And I'm someone who likes to know the history and like the mystery about stuff. I know, I'm, I'm someone who would love to learn about Yoda's species and where he comes from. I know they don't like to reveal all that stuff about certain characters, but I like learning about that. So the fact that we're going to learn the origins of the Jedi and just how they discover the Force, I just think is just going to be incredible to see. So right now, this is the one I'm probably most excited for. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I just want to point out, for those of you standing in the back, there's some open seats up here in the front if you want to uh, come sit down. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry and obviously, we're crammed into such a tiny room. I'm glad there's so many of you here that want to talk Star Wars. Yeah. And obviously, it is far enough in the, in the past that Yoda will not be in it. So it'll be all new characters, Nobody, nobody that we know as far as I'm aware, is going to be in this movie. So, um, yeah, it, when 900 years old you reach, uh, in the Dawn of the Jedi, you are not. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 900 is still a far cry from 25,000. So I think we're going to be introduced to a whole new uh, slate of characters, probably, you know, new planets and stuff. I don't think we're going to be seeing, uh, you know, 25,000-year-old Tatooine. Um, probably all new planets. Maybe you might see Octo. Maybe Typhon or Octo. Yeah, some of the planets that we've seen in canon, as far as like being ancient Jedi sites, it would be cool to see some of those in their prime and see kind of the first Jedi converge there and stuff. If we see Tatooine, it's got to be like a lush ocean world um, yeah. that is in the process of drying out. I so. like that. I like that. The Crate Dragons are just like little iguanas, tadpoles <laughs> swimming around. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's the second movie, and I don't know, I mean, Tim, you said that's your most excited one. I'm really excited for that, too, but there's a, another strong contender in the New Republic film that we're going to be getting, directed by Dave Filoni, and this is going to be uh, sort of a big climax of a lot of the characters and storylines that they've been setting up in The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, The Book of Boba Fett. Um, a few years ago, when they, they did a, a big... Um, sort of Lucasfilm-like investor presentation talking about, and at that time they announced a lot of shows and stuff that were coming up. I think that was when they first announced the Ahsoka series, and at that time they mentioned that these were all going to kind of be building to a head and that there would be some kind of big crossover event. 
Um, and so now we know that that crossover event is going to be a theatrical movie. Um, and it's just going to be really cool to see some of these characters and storylines on the big screen. I'm really excited for Dave Filoni after you know years of being a fan of his through Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and now getting to see him do live action directing with The Mandalorian and stuff to uh, know that he's finally getting the chance to direct a live action movie. And how can you not be excited when we're going to get a movie focused on Grand Admiral Thrawn, this big conflict between uh, the New Republic and the remnants of the Empire. I'm, I'm just hoping we get some big epic space battles and stuff. Um, and there's been some rumors recently that this might be, you know, the, the title of the movie might be Heir to the Empire, which of course is the iconic novel that introduced Thrawn in the first place. Um, that title is also name dropped in the Ahsoka trailer, and so as soon as I heard that, which I, we will get to. Yeah. I kind of figured, oh, it would make sense if they if they called uh, the movie Heir to the Empire, because um, Dave has talked a lot about sort of wanting to be true to the source material, bringing on Timothy Zahn as a consultant, just to make sure that he's really sort of honoring the original intent of the character of Thrawn. So, um, yeah, this one might be my most anticipated. There's a lot of reasons to be excited for this one. Yeah, this one is, is going to be really cool, because obviously, you know, we, we have a lot of threads that are kind of out there and starting to come together with the, the current TV shows with Mandalorian, and we're going to start some new ones here in just a few months uh, with Ahsoka. So uh, this is one that we'll probably kind of be able to track, you know, uh, in the next couple of years, kind of the the idea of what this movie is going to be, if you're, if you're keeping an eye on the TV shows, but uh, it's nice to know that this is looming out there on the horizon, and uh, it's all going to come together. It's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the fact that Dave Filoni is directing this movie, is just, that really has me excited for it, because I think, obviously he's working on Clone Wars, all the animated stuff, I think he's done a great job in the live action episodes he's directed, so now that he's going to have a chance to do a movie with like a full big budget. I just can't wait to see what he's going to do with that. And just also too, we're excited for this right now, but I think as we see some of the upcoming series like Ahsoka, another season, even The Mandalorian before this comes out, it's, that's, they're obviously going to lay some foundations and plant some seeds for what we're going to see in the movie. I think that's just going to add to the excitement uh, to this project once we get closer to its release. So as excited as we are for it now, I just think the more series and episodes we see, it's just going to raise that excitement level through the roof by the time we get to it. Yeah, it's definitely going to make us more excited as we get closer and kind of just give us a, an idea of what to expect. Um, because we know that this is going to be a big culmination of all these shows, but we don't really know like how close we are to that yet. Um, I think like at Celebration, Kathleen Kennedy did an interview and mentioned this one still maybe being like six or seven years away. Um, and Ahsoka, which we'll talk about in a minute, was first announced as a limited series, but now they've kind of hinted at the possibility of maybe doing a season two. Um, but I think after we see the first season of Ahsoka, we'll kind of have a good sense of like, are we getting more of Ahsoka first? Is this all setting up big stuff that's going to jump right into a movie? Do we feel like that's still kind of a few years away? Is Thrawn the big threat right now, or are they still kind of teasing him and setting him up? So, um, yeah, I think just, you know, by the end of this year, within the next few months, we'll have a little bit better grasp on um, sort of what to expect for this one. But, um, yeah, just with the, the stuff that we already know we're going to be seeing in this, it's going to be really cool. Speaking of Ahsoka. Speaking of Ahsoka, so we talked about the movies, now let's talk about the upcoming TV series. There's even more of those. Um, Ahsoka being the first one, the next one up, coming out August of this year. Uh, I don't think there's been an official, uh, an actual date released yet, but um, yeah, August 2023. How many of you have already seen the trailer for Ahsoka? Okay, a lot of you, probably most of you. We're going to watch it anyways. <laughs> Thank you. 
for some war. Is 
one of my favorite episodes of Rebels was A World Between Worlds, yeah. which just explores some crazy awesome stuff with the Force. And just some of the little teases they have, like in the symbols they have on the logo for Ahsoka and just a few shots in the trailer. It's like, I think we might be exploring some more of that stuff. And when we get that, that's going to be just really intriguing to me. So if we get that and just dive deeper into that more fantasy mytholo mythological element of the Force in this, I think that's going to be a highlight of the series. And I think there's strong potential for that, knowing Ahsoka's time in there and just what she went through in Rebels in that uh, section of the world between worlds and how it connects to Ezra as well. So that's one potential thing from Rebels that I hope they really explore on in the series too. Yeah, if you don't know what that is, it's a hole, it's basically like a wormhole in the Force to reach any place at any time. It's crazy. Yeah, and I don't understand how it works. Nobody really does, but Dave Filoni wanted it, so it's in there. And that's what makes it so crazy. <laughs> yeah, and any time you get, you know, Jedi exploring ancient ruins, finding relics, exploring mysteries of the Force, that, like, I love all that kind of stuff. So, um, I mean, that scene in the trailer where she's having a lightsaber duel in this place that looks like it's, you know, an excavation of some old Jedi ruins or something, like, that's got me hyped right there. But then you throw in Thrawn and Sabine and Chopper and all this stuff on top of it. It's going to be great. So let's talk about the, the cast real quick. This is a picture of uh, a lot of them that were there at uh, Celebration this year. Um, it's going to be starring Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, of course, uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo as Sabine Wren, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Harrison Dula, Lars Mikkelsen returning from Rebels uh, to play Grand Admiral Thrawn in live action, uh, Ray Stevenson, um, who sadly is no longer with us, rest in peace, Ray, but um, he'll be playing uh, that lightsaber-wielding villain we saw, Balin Skull. Um, and Ivana Sakno is playing that other uh, force wielder named Shin Hati. Uh, Diana Lee Inosanto is returning from The Mandalorian playing uh, the magistrate Morgan Elsbeth. Um, and we get David Tennant returning to voice the droid Hu Yang from Clone Wars. Um, and this wasn't necessarily officially announced, but we kind of know that uh, an actor named Iman Esfandi is playing Ezra Bridger. Um, it was kind of leaked that he was playing Ezra in this and like never was really confirmed or anything But then when the trailer came out you only see that quick glimpse of Ezra as a hologram And he kind of quipped on Twitter. He like retweeted it It was like thank you so much Lucasfilm for casting me as this hologram as Ezra like it was an honor to get to be in Star Wars for two seconds So um, I highly suspect we'll see more than just a two-second hologram of Ezra Bridger in this series Yeah, no, that's it. I'm sorry. No, he's, he's not he's not going back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm honestly a little suspicious of the Inquisitor that's in there. That's true. We don't know who's playing that. It's Ezra. Ooh, I don't know. I'm I kidding. Know. I'm kidding. I'm just sowing all sorts of conspiracies now. Um, yeah, we did see that cool Inquisitor in the trailer, too. We don't know who's playing that yet. I don't know if it'll be just another sort of random masked Inquisitor or if the identity of that person is going to be some sort of surprise reveal, but... Um, yeah, it's just cool. <laughs> yeah, it's his, his long-lost brother. Somebody said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, that's Ahsoka. That's the next one up. But we've got a lot of other shows coming up after that, the first of which is going to be Star Wars Skeleton Crew, and that's uh, coming out probably November or December of this year. Uh, and it's created by John Watts. Uh, it's set in the same time period as The Mandalorian. Um, not necessarily going to be directly connected with, uh, I mean, there hasn't been anything in Mando so far that's sort of spun off to um, sort of set this show up, but it's going to be set in that same New Republic time period. Um, the main characters are going to be a, a group of kids, um, as well as Jude Law, who's going to be playing a Jedi character. 
and they, they've described this one as taking a lot of influence from 80s movies like E.T. and The Goonies, and uh, it's also kind of been described as like Star Wars' answer to Stranger Things. Um, so think, uh, you know, something along those lines where you have a group of kids that kind of get up into trouble and are, are going off on their own adventures and stuff, but um, they have mentioned that, like, even though the main characters are kids, this, this is not just, like, a, a show that's kind of targeted at kids. There's going to be a lot for adults to enjoy in there as well, and kind of continuing this big main Star Wars narrative that we've been building with these shows. Latchkey Padawans. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm actually a little, in, I'm interested about this one. I, there's not been much talked about, like, specifically about this show, but I'm kind of curious about it. I'm uh, Obviously, Ahsoka is the show that I'm looking forward to the most right now, but I'm curious to see what this is all about. Um, and if it's and if it's going to end up, you know, being part of the, the whole web of things that are going to lead into that movie that Dave Filoni is directing. So, uh, I'm not sure. They might hint at some things, but uh, we'll see what happens. And, you know, who knows? That Maybe they'll run across some of the uh, characters from the other shows and things like that, you know? Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some little connections. Yeah, this one has the potential to be really cool and it's something different for a Star Wars TV show and just a story, just focused on a group of young kids. And obviously the things they're trying to aspire to be like, like Stranger Things, Goonies, and other 80s movies, I'm a huge fan of all those, so the fact that we're going to get something like that in the Star Wars universe, I think has the potential to be really cool. And just also really intrigued by Jude Law's character as a Jedi, especially in this time period, um, when is Luke still rebuilding the Jedi Order? Is he someone from Luke's academy? Or is he someone who was a Jedi in hiding, but when realized the Empire was defeated and Luke is rebuilding the Jedi Order, he comes out of hiding and maybe um, trying to make himself available to that, to Luke's new order. I don't know, so I'm intrigued by Jude Law's character in this one. Just what is his role as a Jedi in this time period? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing too. Just, I mean, we've seen so many stories already with uh, Jedi surviving Order 66, um, but he could be uh, just another Jedi survivor type character, or yeah, he could be maybe a kid that never, never got noticed by the Jedi Order and grew up in the time of the Empire, and what does it mean for him now to try to become a Jedi? Um, I think the, the passage of time in these shows is a little bit weird. I mean, it seems like not a lot of time takes place over the seasons, but then, you know, John Favreau has said some things like, oh, it's supposed to have been like a couple of years that have passed so far. So maybe since the last time we saw Luke in uh, the Book of Boba Fett building the Jedi Temple, maybe when Skeleton Crew starts, it'll be like a couple of years later and he started recruiting some Jedi that we haven't seen yet. So I think that would be cool if he ends up being a, a recruit from Luke's Jedi and, um, you know, we start getting some insight into what uh, what's going on over in that area as well. Indeed. Um, but we also have uh, Jaleel White, uh, Steve Urkel from Family Matters. He recently said in an interview that he's going to be in this show as well, playing a pirate. One little connection that we do know from The Mandalorian is, uh, also if you remember uh, the pirate Vane from um, Season 3, the guy that's like the henchman to... Um, Gorian Shard, who escapes at the end of that battle, he's going to be a villain in this show. Um, and so it seems like some of the antagonists that these kids are going, going up against is going to be a group of pirates. So Vane will be in there, Jaleel White will be playing a pirate in there as well. So, yeah, Pir maybe. Pirate adventures in Star Wars are always fun. Maybe this will be where Hondo shows up? Just thinking yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Hondo Onaka. Yeah. Always a favorite around here. Um, all right, so the next series that probably is coming out sometime in 2024 is The Acolyte. Uh, this one is created by Leslie Headland. Uh, takes place at the end of the High Republic time period, which is the time period that uh, they're kind of focusing on a lot in the publishing stuff right now with the books and everything. It's roughly about 150 years before The Phantom Menace. Yeah, or at least th that's around the time when The Acolyte takes place. The whole High Republic era is kind of like several hundred years before. 
Um, kind of showing the, the Jedi at the height of their power and the Republic kind of as this big beacon of progress and expansion and everything. Um, but this is kind of at the tail end of this time period as things are starting to build in the direction of the prequel trilogy, um, telling the story of the dark powers that start emerging during that time period. Um, and we're going to see a lot of Jedi in this show, a lot of lightsabers, a lot of Jedi action, a lot of force powers. I think that's going to be really cool to see. Um, There's a Wookiee. A Wookiee Jedi. Yes, yeah, that's that's Leslie Headland on stage with uh, Kel Maka, the Jedi uh, Wookiee that's going to be appearing in this in this series, played by Eunice Wotomo, who also plays uh, Chewbacca in the sequel trilogy. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be cool to get another show focused on you know a lot on the Jedi Order and get a lot of lightsabers and Jedi action and stuff, but also start seeing those seeds of the reemergence of the Sith and seeing. Um, some some dark side conspiring. There's been some speculation that maybe this show could lead to an introduction of Darth Plagueis in canon for the first time. I don't know if that will happen or not. I don't know if it's going to be a one series thing or a, a one season thing or an ongoing series, but there's a lot of cool potential they could do here. Darth Plagueis the Wise. As a Padawan, yes. No, I don't... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Darth Plagueis the, the still learning. Right, yes. Um, I'm very, very excited about this this show uh, obviously as i said earlier jedi are my thing so anything that gives me more jedi characters and more jedi action um i'm very excited about so i'm you know obviously we haven't really seen much of, of this yet because it's still probably about a year out uh but i'm i'm incredibly excited to see what comes of the acolyte so as great as this get all that new jedi action what also, what I'm most looking forward to this series is how its main protagonist is going to be a Sith or a Sith apprentice or someone within the dark side. And the path, the focus on this series of your main characters be Sith is going to be really fascinating to see unfold. And again, just to kind of have the seeds be planted to get to where they eventually get to in the, the prequel trilogy where Palpatine uh, takes down the Jedi Order and takes over the Republic. So do we see the early stages of that is going to be really fascinating to see kind of the point of view of the dark side users in a main series, which I cannot wait to see. Yeah, definitely. Here's some of the casts that have been announced for the show. Um, also, I mean, one thing that's got me really excited for this, they didn't, they haven't publicly released a trailer yet, but they showed a trailer behind closed doors at Celebration, and just the reactions from people that were there, people are, I've seen multiple people being like, man, I came into this excited for Ahsoka, excited, excited for Mando, the Acolyte wasn't really on my radar, and then they saw this footage and they were like, guys, the Acolyte, like, this is the one that's going to blow people away. Apparently they showed some, some of those clips of just the Jedi action and stuff, and it was just blowing people's minds, so um, I've still been scouring the internet trying to find it, haven't had any luck yet, but... Um, <laughs> Just based on the, the reactions and the descriptions I've heard, it sounds like this one is going to be really special and is going to surprise some people. Um, but then, of course, we also have the season two of Andor. Any Andor fans in here? Um, yeah, that first season was incredible, right? So uh, we're getting season two of Andor targeted for fall of 2024. Uh, season one came out in September of last year. Tony Gilroy said that uh, they were shooting for around that same time for season two. Um, but with the writer's strike right now, I know it's one of the shows that's kind of being delayed. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it's not pushed back too far, but um, should be at least sometime next year. Uh, it'll be 12 seasons, or 12 episodes just like season one, and we'll bridge the gap from first season of Andor to the events of Row One. And they described it as, you know how in season one of Andor, at least with like the first half of the season, there was like three episodes, um, 
at the beginning that were kind of like their own story arc, and then they moved to the next three episodes that were also kind of like a, their own story arc, but then, you know, sort of built this whole story over the season. Um, but season uh, season two is going to be even kind of more structured that way, where uh, there's going to be sort of chunks of three episodes that each tell uh, like one year of story, covering those four years leading up to Rogue One. So I think we're going to see a lot of different um, places and locations and characters and sort of time periods in Cassian's life and in the formation of the Rebellion as we're building up to uh, the stuff that happens in, in Rogue One. So. I mean, we kind of all know where all this is headed. Unfortunately, it's not happy for Cassian, but um, it's going to be really exciting to see. I hope we get to see K2 introduced in Season 2 yeah, and uh, just yeah. more of the stuff that made Season 1 great. I definitely need more K2SO in my life, um, so hopefully he gets introduced here. I'm, you know, It was already at least loosely confirmed that he was going to be back at some point in the series, so um, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later in this season of Andor because uh, I think it's such a serious season. I think you need a little bit of K2SO to just lighten things up just a little bit. My excitement for K2 is high. It's very high. <laughs> exactly. And I'm glad season two is going to continue the same format that season one had of having like those three episode arcs. So I, thought, I wasn't expecting that in that first season, but I thought it was really cool, just kind of like live-action Clone Wars story structure. So I do like that that's continuing for season two. And I think this is going to be the season as far as kind of what I expected season one was going to be, where it is Cassian kind of really in the midst of the Rebel Alliance and doing missions for the Rebellion. But not that I'm complaining that season one wasn't like that. It was really cool to get his backstory and to see how he got involved with the Rebels, but now to kind of finally see him work within the Rebellion and go on missions and leading up to Rogue One is going to be really cool. Yeah, so that's uh, another thing we're looking forward to next year. And then, of course, at some point, we're going to be getting Season 4 of The Mandalorian. This has not been sort of officially confirmed or announced yet, but, I mean, if you've seen Season 3, it's kind of a nice wrap-up to the stories that have been told over the first three seasons so far, but also definitely ends in a way that it leaves room for more stories, and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff they could do going forward with Season 4. Um, and I think I did kind of hear some some unofficial reports that season four of Mando might also be delayed by the ongoing writer strike. So, um, I mean, at least that's good news that that sort of confirmation that there is a season four happening. So, yeah, John Favreau has said that he has begun writing season four before season three is even aired. That's true. Yeah, I think back at that celebration, he said he had already written season four. So. Um, yeah, excited to see more adventures with Mando and Grogu. We're actually going to be talking more Mandalorian tomorrow. We've got a panel for uh, just a Mando season three recap. Um, but yeah, just the way that that season ends with um, sort of the, the quest for Mandalore complete and Din and Grogu kind of back on their own, doing their own thing and doing bounties and missions for the New Republic and stuff. It's going to be kind of fun to get back to just sort of what the series started out as with just, you know, a bounty hunter and his, uh, his young foundling um, navigating yeah, the galaxy. Now, now his son, son yeah, it's officially uh, adopted. <laughs> to uh, and to see them, you know, doing missions for the New Republic and exploring more of this time period and uh, kind of dealing with more of the Imperial remnant. I'm sure that'll yeah. kind of tease some more stuff for the movie as well. But uh, uh, this this is how they get Mando involved in whatever uh, movie that Dave Filoni is working on. This this yeah. is how you know his missions for the New Republic are going to start leading him down a path where he's going to be like. Something's weird is going on here, and we're going to start crossing crossing the streams, I think, for some of these other shows, and it's all going to come together. So this, this, is, this is how they get Mando from Mandalore to Heir to the Empire. So 
my suspicions anyways. No, yeah, no you know we got to see him show up in that movie at some point. They, I, yes. They've said something about there's a lot of characters competing for screen time in that movie, so <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of cameos and a lot of fun appearances. Yeah, and if it is going to go back to kind of more of Din Djarin being taken on missions and just going back to more of that season one, season two format, I think it's going to be really nice because in season three, there were some episodes where he did kind of take the backseat a little bit and where it didn't feel like he was the main focus, but I felt for the story they were trying to tell in season three that was necessary, but to kind of get back to that where it's him and Grogu going on these uh, different missions is going to be going to be nice to be going back to that again. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and we don't have a, a release date for that yet. Um, I would assume that would maybe come next after the shows that have been announced so far. So maybe late 2024, maybe early 2025, based on kind of the, the time in between seasons two and three, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, we do know that uh, sometime next year we're also getting a season three of The Bad Batch. It will be the final season of the show. Um, didn't release too many details uh, aside from that, but um, yeah, just, you know, if you've seen the first two seasons of Bad Batch, you kind of know where season three is headed um, with, you know, their quest to save their friends, reunite. I don't want to, I won't spoil too much for anybody that hasn't watched it yet, but um, yes, lots of, lots of Imperial machinations going on and, uh, you know, plenty of, of adventure and peril for the Bad Batch to overcome in this last season. It's too bad that it's ending, but also I feel like with where the show is at right now, I feel like one more season is going to be sufficient to kind of wrap up that story that they're telling. I think we're going to get a lot of good stuff in this last season. Um, and then I'm You don't want to overstay your welcome. Exactly, like this. exactly. And as much as I love the Bad Batch, I'm also excited to see what Lucasfilm Animation does next. And, you know, the Bad Batch ending means they can move on to do another show and get new stories and new characters and new time periods. So I'm excited for that as well. I'm just thankful that we are getting a season three because when the season two finale aired, they haven't officially announced it yet. And with how that ended, it's like, it has to get another season. <laughs> so thankfully that is the case. And I'm just looking forward to see how the story wraps up. But uh, the season is just not going to be the same without Crosshair's Imperial Helmet anymore. Because <laughs> that thing is just the coolest looking Imperial Helmet design ever. So I'm going to miss that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then speaking of uh, Star Wars animation, we also got a season, uh, a season two of Tales of the Jedi announced. Um, now this was cool, I don't know how many of you have watched the first season of Tales of the Jedi. It sort of originated as uh, just these ideas for these, these characters in the prequel trilogy in Clone Wars that Dave Filoni just kind of sketched out as he was flying back and forth from LA to San Francisco working on Mandalorian and stuff and had uh, enough good ideas that they were able to make these little series of shorts out of it. Um, and uh, the season one was three short episodes about Ahsoka and three short episodes about Count Dooku before he became a Sith. Um, and it was some of the best Star Wars animation I have ever seen in my life. Uh, if you have not seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. The Dooku episodes in particular were my favorite, um, but that's just because I'm a huge fan of, of him as a character, uh, Christopher Lee as an actor. So, um, well, as someone who's a, a huge fan of Ahsoka, I went in more excited for the Ahsoka episodes and came out more impressed by the Dooku episodes. So, you know, come for more Ahsoka, stay for a surprising amount of rich Dooku backstory. Absolutely. And gain more of an appreciation for Yaddle, too, because she was awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, so Dave Filoni announced that they are doing a season two just because season one went so well. He's not going to be as directly involved in uh, season two, um, but he kind of talked about using this as kind of like a training ground to 
uh, train up new directors in Star Wars animation and kind of pass on the things that he's learned and uh, let some other directors kind of get their feet wet doing these little shorts and then maybe move on to doing their own Star Wars animated series. So that's, I think, going to be really cool as well. Obviously, Dave is going to be super busy with his movie and all the other live action stuff going on, but the fact that he's at least you know able to kind of mentor the, the up-and-coming storytelling and animation as well is still really cool. Yeah, and there is no uh, hint of which Jedi they're going to be focusing on in season two. It's still like, hey, we're doing it, but my guess is it's still in pre-production because they didn't know how well season one was going to do. So uh, this will probably be a couple years out, but um, it's coming, and I'm very, very excited. So I'm very curious to see who they choose for it. I'm hoping Qui-Gon. I'm hoping we get some Qui-Gon stories. Uh, that would be my my wish list. Qui-Gon would be good. I would love to see Quinlan Voss. I think he would be a cool one. Um, also, the other one that I really want, Luke and Benzel. If we're not going to get like a movie or a, a series or something set in that time period with Luke training Ben and his new generation of Jedi, at least get some little vignette stories about Luke training Ben. I think that would be really cool. I'm kind of hoping to go all over in the time period and go way back. One thing I think would be really cool if they tell a story of Tar Vizsla is how he became the first Mandalorian Jedi and see the creation of the Darksaber. I think that'd be a really cool story to explore in Tale of the Jedi. Yeah, I would be down for all of this. I hope the next season is like 15 episodes. Of the next season, <laughs> even if it's just another six, hopefully we continue to get more little batches of these stories over time, and uh, that would be really cool to see. Um, so let's talk real quick about some other Star Wars projects that have been announced as in development that we're not really quite as sure on the status on. Yeah, we're um, gonna we're gonna this should be quotes in development because these are things that have been talked about in the past, but there has been no real you know, information coming out about most of them for a while. Yeah. The so, first one in particular I'm very sad about, the uh, Rogue Squadron film from Patty Jenkins, uh, was put on hiatus, um, ostensibly because she was busy uh, doing other projects, but I'm not sure if it's ever coming off the shelf, and I'm very disappointed about that. Yeah, it was like... It was announced, they did a whole big reveal video with her in a pilot outfit and all this kind of stuff, and then she was also doing Wonder Woman 3 and like a Cleopatra movie at the same time, and like the Star Wars, I think she was supposed to be working on Star Wars first, but it wasn't going as smoothly as they wanted, they weren't happy with the script, and she had to like put it on the back burner to work on her other stuff. And then, of course, I think she stepped down as director on the Cleopatra movie to make Wonder Woman, and then Wonder Woman got cancelled because of the restructuring at DC, so... Maybe she'll be able to come back to doing Star Wars. We don't really know the status of that one. Um, also, I'm not holding my breath, but I'm very, very sad that yeah. it's, we don't know more. Um, also, it, it was announced a while ago that Taika Waititi was going to be directing a Star Wars movie. Uh, no real official updates on that recently. They didn't talk about it at Celebration at all. But anytime Kathleen Kennedy or Taika Waititi is asked about it, they mention him still working on it. It just seems like he's kind of off doing his own thing and he's so busy with other projects. Like, he's in the process of writing it, but it's kind of like, when he's ready, when he's done, we'll, we'll get around to making that one. So I think there's a good chance that still happens, just probably farther off in the future. Yes, somewhere, someday, sometime. Very unspecific. <laughs> 
Um, and then lastly, they also talked about doing a Lando series with Donald Glover returning. This is another thing that was announced forever ago. Haven't heard any updates on it since. But Donald Glover is also one of those guys that, you know, is super busy, does a lot of stuff in Hollywood with both movies and TV shows and his music career and everything. So that's another kind of thing that is like they still talk about, oh, yeah, we still want to do that. We still want to make it happen. It's just kind of waiting for the right timing and for everybody involved to uh, be able to commit to it. Yeah, hopefully all these see the light of day because I always get bummed when they announce a new Star Wars project and then either gets canceled or it gets put on hold. So hopefully it won't be the case with these ones. I mean, if we have to wait a bit longer, that's fine because the stuff they did announce that looks to be on the near horizon is going to be well worth it to hold us over until we get these. And just the more Star Wars content we get, uh, the better in my opinion. So even if we have to wait a little bit longer for it. So hopefully these ones I'll eventually all get to see somewhere down the line. I'm not yeah. holding my breath, but... There's always hope. Yeah. Um, a new one. <laughs> so yeah, we're not sure about these ones, but obviously we got plenty of stuff to be excited about that is officially announced that we're getting trailers and stuff coming out for. So um, yeah, it's, it's as we always say on our podcast, it's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, there's going to be lots of good stuff coming up in these next couple of years. Um, but that's pretty much all the big projects that we've got to talk about. So we will take questions. Please raise your hand and we'll call on you. Uh, you were the first one I saw? Yes. How do you feel about Hayden Christensen maybe appearing as a horse ghost in Ahsoka? I would love <laughs> I would. I would pass away. Um, <laughs> yes. The potential for Hayden Christensen being back as a horse ghost, and we know Luke came back in the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian season two, and if there's a scene with Luke, Anakin, and Ahsoka that I'm just gonna lose it. <laughs> that could be one of the best Star Wars moments ever. So yeah, I mean, don't want to get too excited about getting my hopes up too high and it doesn't happen where I'm disappointed, but if that does, oh boy. Yeah, it's I think it's easy. very possible. Yeah, the the fact that he was in, you know, Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, you know, means he's back in Star Wars. So, you know, possibly I'd be very happy. Um, but I'm not I don't I don't want to get my expectations too high because it already looks like a great series, but I don't want to I don't want to be disappointed when something I pipe dreamed for doesn't happen. Hmm. Uh, over here, sorry. Uh, what do you want to see in Bad Batch season three? Besides process, the, the, rest, of, <laughs> the, the rest of them make it out alive. Yeah, right? I don't. Oh, I don't know. And there's. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But yeah, it was. I just want to see like what's going on at the lab, like what all they're working on. I want to get more answers on that. I'm sure we will, but I don't know. It's yeah. it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, I, I just I hope they get a happy ending. But yes, I also want to see what the Empire is up to and what kind of scheming. What what are they using the Zillow Beast for? Like there's all kinds of different experimentation and projects and stuff they're trying to do with that. So I'm also hoping too we kind of see the conclusion of the clone trooper story within the Empire, like where they're just totally phase out and we see where the remaining clones end up on. Yeah. So, see, that's the problem. Like, I want to see a clone rebellion against the Empire. I want to see Echo and, or, uh, yeah, Echo and Rex and, and Hauser and all these other clones get to kind of fight back against the Empire. But, like, we know that wouldn't go well because 20 years later the Empire is still around and clone troopers are not. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting stories they could do, but not all of them would end happily. So I'm, I'm trying to be careful with what I wish for. Right, yeah. It, it, that has the potential to end on a down note. And I'm, I'm very worried. Yes, sir. So in a Dawn of the Jedi, 
there's some sort of significance to it, that there's some sort of epochs or eras that somehow brought the 25,000, or was, were the writers like, well, we could do 10,000, no, let's do 25. It's a nice round number that gets you as far away from what's what we've already got, um, and, and it's still like far enough back so that you're not running into stuff from the old republic either. So I think that's probably more what it is. It's like they want to still play in Star Wars, but keep it as far back from everything else so that you can build the foundation without interrupting or affecting anything else. That's my guess. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's probably more of just a rough estimate as well. I wouldn't be surprised if the movie kind of spans maybe several generations, if this is talking about the origin of the Force and sort of the first people to discover it, and then we also see the Jedi Order coming together and the Sith splitting off. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you could do in that era that wouldn't necessarily all take place within like a couple years of each other. So. I'm curious to see if that movie does kind of span a long period of time or if we maybe get that turned into a trilogy or something with large time gaps in between. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think it's just kind of kind of an arbitrary number, I guess, but it's just something that's far back enough that it sort of feels still like relevant history that's connected to the current stuff, but far back enough that it's its own thing as well. I agree. Okay. Yes, yeah, sir. I, I would really like to see in the Tales of the Jedi, do the, to redo some of the, the, the Dark Horse comic stuff with Eula Keldoma and Exar Kun, Nomi Sunrider, Master Arca. Uh, yeah, get some that, of the Old Republic stuff. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that's, that's, it was some really awesome stories, and it seems like they just kind of like forgot that stuff. Yeah, I mean, again, with them adding the, the Old Republic to that canon timeline, I think we'll get some stuff in that era eventually. Um, I don't know if they would, I think. If they are going to do some sort of big stuff with that, they might start with a movie or a series before going into sort of filling in some of those gaps with Tales of the Jedi. But that's something I would love to see as well, just sort of more more ancient history stuff. I love the Old Republic and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, if they if they wanted to do Tales of the Jedi shorts about that, I'd be all for it. Yeah, it'd just be a cool way too to get some of those characters that you mentioned into the official canon, and then kind of explore maybe further down the line if some of them maybe get well received more than others in those shorts, and then just explore more beyond that too so yeah yeah because those are some great stories and to get those characters in the canon it would be great uh do you think we'll see cal Kestis from the jedi pawn order in live action at some point you activated my trap card <laughs> I, I love cal Kestis. i love those video games i hope they keep him as far away from live action as possible at least until the games are finished because those games take so long to make and the stories are so good like i want them to have total creative control over just what they're trying to do in the game and not have to worry about, oh, we have to change this or that or the other thing to make it line up because they're also putting Cal in a TV show or a movie or something like that. I think the director of those games did say that he envisioned it as a trilogy. So if they're just gonna do one more game, again, that's probably gonna be another like three or four years away. Um, let them make the game first, let them finish that story. And then if, yeah, I mean, if Cal is still alive, hopefully at the end of the third game, and they feel like there's potential to tell more stories with him farther in the future and want to bring him into a TV show or raise Jedi Order or something like that, I would be all for it. But for right now, I want to just let them focus on making the games good. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before we see him. It's going to happen at some point. Yes, sir. Is there a possibility John Bravo will be involved in more Star Wars projects? 
Well, he's already uh, involved in season four of The Mandalorian. I know that for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's he's involved in a lot of this stuff still. Um, obviously, yeah, with Mandalorian season four, he's going to be heavily involved in that. He's also an executive producer on Skeleton Crew, on Ahsoka, um, all that kind of stuff that is taking place in the High Republic, or the, sorry, the New Republic era and sort of branching off from The Mandalorian and stuff. He's going to, you know, sort of be helping to oversee that creatively. Um, the movie as well. I'm, I honestly was kind of surprised that it was Dave Filoni directing it and not John Favreau directing it, since he has more, you know, blockbuster, you know, movie experience with uh, Iron Man and stuff like that. But um, they did say that Dave is going to be directing it, and John Favreau will be an executive producer on that movie as well. So. I mean, they're kind of a package deal at this point. So yeah. where yeah. one goes, you'll get the other in some way, I think. And he's talked about how much he loves working in the Star Wars universe and has no plans to stop anytime soon. Saw a hand over here a minute ago. Yes, sir. Uh, I would like to see some more of the video game characters, like, um, well, not just like you mentioned, uh, Kyle Texas earlier. Again, I do think they should finish that. But um, I would also love to see Starkiller or some of the others from that from the games. Yeah, there's always potential, especially with Dave Filoni involved. He likes to take things that are no longer canon from the expanded universe and kind of rework them and fit them in, like he did with Thrawn and he's done with some other things. I, I've always felt this way, and, and a lot of other people I know agree. I don't think Starkiller would really fit in the current canon, just with how sort of overpowered he is, and that being such a, a thing that's like tailor-made just for a video game. But you definitely could maybe rework that character to be an Inquisitor or something like that. So... Um, I think there's certainly a, a possibility to bring some of those things in. And with other video game characters, I mean, you know, there's Kyle Katarn and all these other, especially during this, this period in between episode six and seven, like there's a lot of different characters they could bring in. Ida Versio from Battlefront. I mean, what, what, if, what if Jude Law in Skeleton Crew is Kyle Katarn? He certainly oh. seems to be sort of that type of character. I would be very surprised if he is Kyle Katarn, but I think the fandom would collectively lose their minds if he was. <laughs> um... Yeah, the, uh, as far as Starkiller, uh, if they find any way to work him into live action or any of the animated stuff, you know Sam Witwer will be right there to do whatever needs to be done. So yeah. he's, he's about as gung-ho about all that as any of us. So um, I saw a hand. Yes, sir. Do you ever see a series focused on Luke's Jedi work? I would love something. Um, I think, I think it would probably be best served in animation at this point, because that way you don't run into the weirdness of having Mark Hamill being de-aged all the time, and the expense of de-aging Mark Hamill every time he's on screen. Um, so maybe after Bad Batch is done, they, they start up a, a new animated series focusing on Luke and rebuilding his order. Um, that way you can just get Mark Hamill in the voiceover booth and, you know, don't have to worry about uh, his face, so. <laughs> I, I would love to see that as well, and that's something that for a long time I've been kind of, uh, you know, suggesting as an animated series. Unfortunately, I think with the announcement of Rey's New Jedi Order movie, I think that kind of makes the chances of, a, of also doing a Luke New Jedi Order series um, kind of a lot less likely, especially that we know Luke's Jedi Order is doomed to fail, and you're focusing on another new Jedi Order that is 
hopefully going to succeed and carry on into the future. I just think it would kind of kind of be a little bit redundant to have stories about two different new Jedi orders going on at the same time. At least in the same medium, which is why I think animation might be the best place for the Luke story. Yeah. And if we don't get it as a series, like I said, I still would at least love to see some Tales of the Jedi shorts about that, just to get to explore that time period a little bit more. Yeah, because the only place where they explore that stuff is mainly in the comics, and there's some great stuff with Luke in that time period in the comics, and to get that in either animation or live action at some point, I think would be really cool to explore at some point. Yeah, for sure. Right here. Uh, given the size of the Star Wars universe, is there a show concept you want to see that actually has nothing to do with Jedi or Empire or Stormtroopers? <laughs> now, now this is pod racing. Um, I would love to see another pod racing video game. Um, I don't necessarily know that I'd want to see a whole show dedicated to it, but certainly to work something like that into one of the stories and get to see that again, I think would be really cool. But yeah, mostly like just with the current gen consoles and graphics and stuff, like yeah, just give me a, a new pod racing game. One of the things I have always I've said for several years that I would love to see, and I'm sorry, it, it involves some Jedi. Um, but that's just my obsession, uh, is a movie set a couple hundred years before The Phantom Menace where Yoda goes on a mission and meets up with pirates and Maz Kanata. Um, I want Yoda and Maz Kanata to go on some sort of adventure together because she apparently knows him. Um, but yeah, it's since they're both short and ancient, I want the two of them to go on an adventure. And she would just make fun of him for talking backwards the whole time. <laughs> exactly. I don't know, one thing I think would be cool, I don't know, it would be like too expensive to do, but I'm a big fan of the clones and just their story and, and Kamino and just the Kaminoans. And if we could get like a series or a story explored to like just the Kaminoans and their cloning technology, kind of like a thriller, espionage type story involving cloning technology and that type of stuff, that would be cool. Because Finally give us the full story of Sycadeus. Yeah, just even like that episode we got in season one of the Bad Batch, where like their original planet, where they were first experimenting with cloning, and we saw some of like their own experiments on themselves in those tubes, and just like exploring more stuff of their history and really cracking the code on cloning and how they came to get that technology kind of perfected. All right, I think I saw one other question back here, and this will be the last one. Um, with all the different types of games that they seem to be going into, do you think they'll ever revisit the Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Arena Shooter style games? Um, tune in tomorrow. We've got a whole other panel about Star Wars video games, but I think it's certainly a possibility. Um, yeah, I know there is a, a new Star Wars shooter game in the works that could possibly um, take inspiration from something like that. Yeah, certainly. Um, or even something in between. Like That movie's going to be taking place 15 years after the sequel trilogy, so we could maybe get some games and some other material exploring what happens in those in-between years um, once they finish those movie stories. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we'll be hanging around afterwards, so if you want to come up and chat with us well, uh, anymore, but be before, great. Before you chat, we got one little surprise for you guys for sticking around all the way to the end. We're going to watch the Ahsoka trailer one more time. However, but, uh, this is this is the special edition. This is the leaked one from Celebration. Yes, it was taken on the phone. Something dark. Is that it? 